Hello, welcome to the Women Who Code podcast and happy International Women's Day. In honor of the holiday, we're putting on a special bonus edition of the show that will feature inspirational quotes from women in tech taken from a variety of International Women's Day events that we have held over the years. You can check the show notes to find the names of all these speakers. We hope you enjoy. And if you do, please rate, like, and review. I think that the longer that I'm in technology and the more experienced I become, I realize how much my perspective is valued in the companies that I choose to share my talents with, right? Because um, women use my product uh, mostly, right? And so that experience is valuable. I think that um, that it is the pizza eating basement dwellers. Yeah, but like my engineers love to hike and they love to fish and we talk about gardening, you know, so there's a lot of different um, room for places to grow. And then depending on what your passion is, there's so many different, especially here in Cincinnati, we are Lord blessed with like a lot of Fortune 500 companies plus a lot of startups. So we have a lot of variety of experiences that you can have within the city. Um, so I think that's a common misconception. How do you overcome it? You have more people in the room that look different than you. You have more people in the room um, and you make sure that you make the room inviting to people with different viewpoints because that makes better products. It makes everything better when we have more people, more variety building things. Ever since I started my company and also volunteering for Women Who Code, I have to say I can see gender inclusion you know, led to positive outcomes every day. So one of the most recent examples we've, um, we experienced was uh, last year, we partnered with VMware and Women Who Code Bangalore. And then we conducted over about maybe eight month training uh, to have cloud community coaches inside of our community. And one of the coaches now moved uh, from VMware to working for Google. And he is actually working on our IWD events with Google now, and also wanted to launch the new initiative with us uh, under Wimuko Taipei. So I have to say, you know, gender inclusion, um, no matter what happens, you know, during our process of, you know, working as a community event or, you know, working as volunteers in our org, I have to say there are so many good things happens every day. Yeah, I mean, I've been doing a lot of thinking about kind of how we get more women in engineering because, um, you know, everywhere I've worked, at, I've definitely not worked at Parity. Um, we do a lot of looking at the initial funnel. So one of the things that we found is even at the job ad stage, we're actively repelling women because women read job ads very differently to the way men read job ads. So women will see a list of nine mandatory things and they'll have eight and they're like, oh, this I can't do this job. And like a guy will literally look at it and go, I got none of them, but I'll be great. Um, so it's about writing the job ad in the first place in a way that's not actively repelling women and then going through the interview process. It's looking at values rather than, you know, these particularly like get up here and do a whiteboard test. It's like, does this person have the right values? Um, and we base a lot of recruitment on that because it's not necessarily about kind of these old technical style Google ways of interviewing anymore. Like we're, we're just actively taking women out of the funnel by doing that probably is a boys club, whatever room you're going to walk into. And you need to be able to stand up and say, you know, what I'm thinking, feeling, whatever question that I'm asking is valid and it's okay to ask. And nobody, um, you know, is going to look down at me for asking this question or bringing up this idea because, you know, it is valid. And I think that now as I'm 
getting into a more prominent role, it's a lot easier for me to do that. And I'm more comfortable doing that. But I definitely wish that earlier in my career, that was something that I uh, really worked on. Um, related to the gender bias t- in technology, I remember one time I interviewed one of the like top executives in, um, in our industry. Um, he's a male and he's he actually uh, pretty bluntly or honestly uh, told me the concerns uh, when he has you know hiring needs. And a lot of his engineer managers are actually also male. So uh, one of the concerns they have is if they hire more female engineers in the team, they would um, have to do more um, trainings. So that's one of the things that, you know, um, that's a, you know, really the honest feedback from, from them. And that's one of the things that for me to think about, you know, the gender bias uh, is actually an opportunity to improve. Not only uh, really just for us to promote maybe more companies with better hiring policies or um, really put into diversity into practice, but also really just to promote more. Um, you know, diverse workforce and, you know, wanted to, um, you know, really make things happen for, for all of us. So, so these are things I feel like, you know, it's still existing in our industry. Uh, I really appreciate those honest feedback and also wanted to see if we can ha- have more companies that join forcefully be able to put uh, those diversity, you know, into real actions for us. So I would actually describe it as sneaky because a lot of gender bias and other kinds of bias comes from implicit bias or your unconscious bias, which means two big things. It means it's shaped by the society and the people around you, which means it's very widespread. And it also means that it's harder to change over time, which makes it more frustrating because it's more, it's a more deeply rooted bias. You know, imposter syndrome is probably the biggest challenge that I have personally. And um, I, I know that I didn't need to go back to school and get a degree, but I did because I felt like I needed to have something sturdier to stand on as a woman entering tech. I didn't feel like, like I could make it without that, um, which is, is not true at all. I know a lot of very successful people who didn't get computer science degrees or finish school at all. Um, it really isn't a determining factor in how successful you are in a technical career. Um, and I think, uh, you know, some of it is because the things that I learned in college, at least, were pretty outdated. Um, so the things that I was working on in school was 10 years <laughs> behind the times of what I was actually building when I went to my internship. Um, you know, but I, I felt like I needed that. And I still, I just get discouraged pretty easily when things don't click because um, in school, everything just was easy for me. And uh, programming is not easy. Um, And it's something that I really struggle with and I have to work hard at it. Um, But it's also a key to not let it paralyze you. And I I think it's one of the most rewarding things I've I've done is is working through when I'm struggling on a problem on a programming problem. And when I, I don't think that there's any better feeling in the world when I finally figure it out. Um, It just makes you feel unstoppable. And so I encourage everyone to try to work through those barriers when you can. I'm definitely also the person to be afraid to speak up due to possible, not even real, but possible 
you know, backlash or what somebody might come back and say. And I mean, I, I have been the person who somebody has said, you're too emotional. Um, actually in college, I had an advisor who told me that I should go into fashion and design because technology wasn't for me. And I said, that's not okay to say. And if I was a man sitting here, you wouldn't have said that. And he came back and said that I was being emotional. And it's people like that and situations like that, that really makes me personally doubt my abilities. And it's not okay for um, male counterparts, even female counterparts, anyone to say that to you. And it also, it definitely affects you a lot more than them, right? It's, you're going to sit with that and you're gonna say, well, maybe I am not good enough. Maybe I do need to change this. Maybe I do, maybe X, Y, Z, right? And I think my biggest barrier is definitely myself. And that I need to know that, you know, I have worked my butt off and I have fought for every position that I've been in and I deserve to be there. And so it's hard for me to to recognize that and it's hard for me to move past that. But again, um, leaning on your network, leaning on people who will lift you up is so, so, so important there. So I think I'm cheating, but my, my words are inspire, start, impact, help. But what I mean by that is get inspired, see where you can have an impact, just get started. And actually, it doesn't have to be you. You can ask for help, find out who can help you on that mission. Yeah, so I think it's uh, from an individual uh, point of view, I think it's really important for us to realise that we don't have to be in a formal position of power or a formal leadership role to make a difference in this space. Um, We all wear many hats in our professions. Uh, If we are mentoring someone, then we can become their biggest champion to help them understand that it's okay to do things differently. I find one of the the really big challenges for women in a male-dominated industry is that when they look upwards, they see a very specific style of leadership and they therefore then try to mimic that behaviour. But what we can do is champion uh, young women and say it's okay to be your own style of leader. When we're advocating for our industries out in the community, we need to be normalising our type of work um, to young girls that we're speaking to. Make it clear that they have the choice of whatever career they like and they don't have to listen to society norms. I think from an an organisation perspective, it's uh, really important to look at the the systematic processes in the company. So you can have all of the individuals in the world supporting uh, gender inclusion, gender diversity, but if you've got systematic processes that bias against women, then you're never going to actually solve the problem. So really simple things like um, flexible work policies, how you count your resources, full-time equivalent versus an individual headcount when you've got a lot of part-time workers makes a big difference to how you um, you treat your employees. So you, you need to systematically work through your organisational processes and make sure there is no gender bias. And to do that, you need to engage uh, diverse people in that evaluation. Uh, I want to quote an amazing woman in leadership, Dr. Kirsten Ferguson, So she says, uh, we all need to forget about the ladder concept to support one woman at a time. Instead, we need to think about a fishnet to raise up many. So I would say uh, every change needs to start from up here. I think a lot of times you feel 
very, very alone or you can feel very alone, but there is a huge network of women in tech out there. Um, and maybe it's within your company, maybe it's not, maybe it's going to be something completely online. But what I've found is that the network of women in tech is so strong and so empowering and um, more often than not, they are they will always have your back um, which is a really incredible thing i would say find someone to mentor um you know we can see difference you know among all of our, our, our um, all of us but it's starting from just one person you can tell the difference uh, i would say don't underestimate the power of one you are one person but you have incredible power to make a difference don't be a bystander. Um, you know, women can do a lot of the work in doing this, but it, it takes everybody to actually make a change. So men speaking up is, I hate to say it, sometimes more powerful than women speaking up. So just don't be a bystander. Don't walk past it. When I see that there aren't women in technology and I see less women of color in technology, I stand up for um, the women who are afraid to speak up. And I uh, feel like it's my responsibility to be that representation um, for women in technology. So I find that I'm constantly um, not only encouraging my teams, um, the women that I work with to speak up, to um, bring things out when they see things um, and to hold the company accountable, but I am the voice when I see that, that other people can't. I feel like um, I really appreciate my, my organization, but you don't make any company, person, anything like that better if you're not giving them feedback. And so sometimes uh, I'm a little loud with the feedback, but it, it helps. Um, I owe it to my company to allow them to improve on the opportunities that they have. So between always being um, encouraging to my coworkers, the, the women especially, to speak up, um, but also for being that voice for them and being that representation for women and even women of color in IT and my organization and wherever else I touch. Yeah, it, it's interesting. I think that, um, you know, right across the STEM, uh, STEM practices, science, technology, engineering, maths and medicine, we face the same sort of problems with gender biases. Um, really, across all those industries, uh, women engagement it ranges from about 10% to 25%, which is quite low. Uh, and so we, we really need to uh, make a strong effort right from the pipeline um, stage of getting women into the industry right through to um, supporting them to step up into um, uh, leadership roles. Um, it's, it's something that uh, it, it's a multi multifaceted uh, problem that requires lots of different uh, solutions coming from different directions. You know, it's about normalising what girls can do right through, you know, right back at primary school. It's about supporting women uh, through education and it's about supporting women in the workplace. Um, and so that choose to challenge notion um, across all those industries is about what every individual can do. I mean, I think it's really important to understand that just making a difference to one person is contributing to the solution, right? We, we all can make a difference just to tell a story, support an individual, make a comment about a corporate policy. We all need to take responsibility to step up and challenge something that we see in our everyday world. And each little bit is gonna make a difference to transition all of our disciplines across the, across the STEM spectrum. I wanted to say that encourage uh, all the people around you 
um, especially women and all the underrepresented people um, and encourage them to come out of their zone. Uh, even if we don't find anyone, uh, you know, uh, any ancestor uh, in in their line, but uh, get out there, speak about what you care, uh, fight for it, um, so that next generation don't have to waste time for fighting it. I would say find someone to mentor. Um, you know, we can see difference, you know, among all of our, 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 um, all of us, but it's starting from just one person, you can tell the difference. Thank you for being part of Women Who Code for the last 10 years. You made it clear there was a need for resources dedicated to supporting diverse women technologists. And together, we have created change in our community and industry because we believe that making space for diverse women in technology and leadership is the easiest way to break the bias and advance equality for women in tech. With your help, we can inspire future women history makers. Your support tells every current and future woman technologist you belong here today in this industry in your dream career. Um, seek out supportive female communities. And if you can't find Create, so I this morning five.